This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. How many times have you struggled to find a bathroom while you're out and about in the city? One that you know is going to be clean and open when you need it, and also available to use without asking for a code or buying something first. How many are there around Chicago? Well, major cities in Europe and Asia, and even a handful of U.S. cities like San Francisco, they've made it a priority to provide free restrooms for the public. Now, advocates say that this kind of access is both a human right and a public health issue. And now Chicago is starting its own pilot program for publicly available restrooms. Ariel Perella is a reporter for Block Club Chicago, and she joins us now in studio with more on that effort. Ariel, welcome to Reset. Hello, thank you. Good to see you. You so too. I got to hear this. How, how did it come about, this program? What was behind the, the whole push? Well, it started in about 2021, although there were also efforts before that to kind of get this going. This one really started with Alderman Daniel Espada and Alderman Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez. And the call is, is, is really what you said. So many people had complained and said there aren't enough public restrooms in Chicago for transit workers for people like you and I right mm -hmm. for people experiencing homelessness obviously the need is great and so this has been something in the works for a few years and um, finally we have some good news yeah you know and I think a lot of people if they're out shopping I mean we were talking about this in one of our meetings yesterday you're out you're on the mag mile you're just walking down the street and if you have to go to the bathroom and you want to do it quickly you got to go to Starbucks or a department store. Folks were saying Walgreens is, is, has been a good option for them, which is fine during the daytime, Ariel, but options seem to get really limited once stores close. So who has been left out and harmed by the lack of public facilities here? I mean, I think that that's uh, definitely vulnerable people, whether that's People who are homeless or who are don't have a permanent space to to be and to call home, and even night workers, even Uber drivers, Lyft drivers. I've spoken to them before. I always ask them like, "Where do you go to the bathroom?" And that's yeah, something that's too question. that we don't really think about, especially since they're all over the city and they do late hours. Um, so, what do they tell you? They go to like 7-Eleven or Target or, you know, maybe they've got a friend in the area. But of course, it's never like one spot. It's just like, we'll see what we can find. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mentioned that Chicago is going to get four public bathrooms. This is part of this program. So where will folks be able to find those? That is TBD. We don't know the exact locations yet, but they're going to be in mostly trafficked neighborhoods or popular areas or intersections. Um, I think that's something that now is being finalized. Okay. Uh, Chicago's partnering with JC Deco, which is a French-based company. What should we know about them? Well, uh, if anyone here has been to Europe, we you'll see their bathrooms everywhere. Also here in Chicago, they own the bus shelters and those advertisement billboards so their name i think is is everywhere in airports too so they're they've been around for a super long time and i didn't know this until writing the story but they've been in the the bathroom world for over 40 years so they manage a lot of bathrooms in paris and madrid um and other cities in europe so really? it's kind of like the thing that they also want to say like we're famous for yeah yeah well let, let's get some of that uh, outer perspective shall we i want to bring another voice into the conversation with us ariel 
San Francisco, that's another city that's partnered with J.C. Deco to provide these free public restrooms for residents. It's part of their uh, Pit Stop Public Toilet Program. And we've got Rachel Gordon, who's the Director of Policy and Communications at San Francisco Public Works. Hey, Rachel, welcome to Reset. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Chicago is my hometown. Hey, that's awesome. Good to hear. Well, welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so that Pit Stop Public Toilet Program I mentioned over in uh, San Francisco, it's been about a decade uh, since that started. I mean, how have you seen the program grow since then? Yeah, it's been very exciting to have our 10th anniversary this year. Uh, we've gone, we, you know, it's been it's been wildly successful here. So we did start out in 2014 with three toilets, uh, public pit stop toilets as a pilot, and now we're up to 31. And in fact, we went up to about 60 during the height of COVID when a lot of facilities were closed and a lot of shelters were closed, so wow. a lot more people were on the street. But we're back down to 31. And really what makes a pit stop a pit stop, why it's different, is that they are staffed. So while we've had J.C. Deco public toilets in the city in San Francisco for about 25 years now, they weren't staffed uh, before the pit stop. And not all the J.C. Deco toilets are staffed. A handful are. And then we also have other facilities that we use for the pit stop program. I see. Uh, so, I mean, if you can think back to the beginning of this here, Rachel, I mean, who was the program aimed to serve? in the first place. Yeah, as Ariel said, it was really mainly the unhoused people, but we saw a lot of people use it. Uh, again, people use it at night. Now we have the proliferation of Lyft and Uber drivers, so they need somewhere to stop. We have a lot of tourists like Chicago does in San Francisco. Uh, school groups, we have farmer's markets. So one of the busiest pit stops is near a farmer's right. market that operates two days a week, and the, both the vendors and the, and the customers need it to go. The impetus, though, really started uh, with then Mayor Ed Lee was at a meeting in the Tenderloin, which is one of our probably our most challenging neighborhoods in San Francisco in terms of street conditions. And there were middle school students who came to a budget meeting. And when he said, well, what if you could have anything, what would you want? And they said, we're really tired of having to navigate through the sidewalks going over uh, human waste. Is there anything you can do? And uh, myself and our director from the department were there as well. And we came back to our office and tried to hatch a plan, and that's to put public toilets out in the areas where there was a lot of human feces and, and urine. So within a month, we got the first pit stop up and running, and it's really gone full throttle since. Yeah. I mean, as you mentioned, the, the list there, I, farmer's markets, I, I never, never thought of that. Uh, what's the public feedback been like? So San Francisco is a city where everyone likes to disagree politically. Like there's very few things that everyone can agree on. This one, surprisingly, though, there's been nothing but positive positive feedback from it. So from the Chamber of Commerce and merchant groups to the Coalition on Homelessness to small businesses to residents, nonprofits, people who need the bathrooms, it's been uh, very accepted in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Really the only things that we've had to deal with a little bit is where do we place them. So we try not to place the pit stop right in front of someone's residence or right in front of a business, uh, somewhere where there's, you know, people are going to be coming and going all day. So we try to be very mindful of that. We started to decide where to locate pit stops uh, based on where we were getting service requests to clean up human waste. Uh, okay. So that was one thing. We kind of looked at that. We actually did something of a walk through the, the Tenderloin neighborhood. 
and block by block to see if we saw any waste. We don't DNA it, so it could be human or it could be dog, but we wanted to make sure that we were going to the areas that needed it most. Yeah, and then very smart. we wanted to also have geographic equity, so not just in the Tenderloin. And really, the pit stops are located in neighborhoods throughout San Francisco. Ariel, I'm thinking of the, the folks that you were chatting with for, for your story. I mean, what were you hearing from them as far as uh, feedback or opinion on this coming to Chicago? Um, I think that what Rachel just said is is the same that I've heard, really. Yeah. It's like we've done some reporting about um, homelessness in Humboldt Park, and there was a time that some folks there were using neighboring alleys to use the bathroom, which, of course, created some dirty conditions and upset neighbors. So um, this has also here been a pretty widely popular proposal initiative Mm -hmm. and so i think that 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 just tells you that there really is that need so hopefully we can follow in san francisco's footsteps yeah and some relief i'm sure when you when you sort of gave the 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 good news to folks yeah Uh, racial drive the point home for us i mean why staff these uh, pit stop restrooms you mentioned early on that that's one of the big things that made you all y'all different Yeah, it's been very important. We want the toilets to be used for the intended purpose. So we have had public toilets in San Francisco for years, but a lot of them have been used for things we don't want a toilet to be used for. So uh, drug use, uh, some people were sleeping in them for prostitution. We want the pit stops to be used as public bathrooms. And so we kind of set the standard that a parent or guardian would feel very comfortable bringing their toddler child in to use this toilet. By having a monitor there, we're able to make sure, again, that it's used for its intended use. And the monitor goes into the toilet after every use Mm -hmm. and makes sure that it has the toilet paper, that they have sinks and soap, that there's soap, that the sinks are washed down. If for some reason they've been vandalized or they're not working for, uh, for something, we take them out of service. We get them repaired, and then we'll open them again. We want people to know that these are toilets that are clean and safe, and it's really worked that way. But by having staffing there, that also really adds to the cost of having toilets. So a facility, depending on what kind of toilet we use, whether it's a JC to Co., which is kind of a standalone self-cleaning toilet in San Francisco, or if it's a mobile unit or a couple of them are in park bathrooms that we have staffed, the cost can be anywhere from... 500000 a year to a million a year for one facility, but mm-hmm. that also also depends on what kind of hours of operation. So out of the 31 toilets we have, there are close to 12 that are 24 hours a day. And when they're open overnight, we also have two staff people there uh, wow. just for safety for them. Yeah, I mean, and I'm thinking of the, those possibilities of, of, you know, what could happen in, in these uh, public restrooms. I mean, are, are the folks staffed there? Are they trained in conflict resolution yeah is there so other really, security that's a that's a very good question yes they are trained we really try to do de-escalation so if they see that trouble's coming they will step back and they can call law enforcement to come in um what one of the neat things about this program as well is the people who are staffing and it's a workforce development program so it's really been staffed by people who've had barriers to employment before whether they're formerly incarcerated, whether they've been homeless, whether they're uh, foster youth coming out of their houses and, and need to get a job or high school dropouts. Mm-hmm. We've seen great success there. We give them uh, job you know, job readiness training. We work with nonprofits who actually staff it. We manage the program. We give grants to nonprofit workforce development programs. 
they've been wildly successful as well. I'm going to keep using that phrase. Uh, they have intervened sometimes where if there is a drug overdose or if somebody has had a heart attack in the bathroom, they have known to call for EMT support, paramedic support right away. Uh, they've helped police identify folks. They act as ambassadors for tourists coming through of where wow. good restaurants to go to and other things. So they have They're had wearing training. several hats. Yeah, they are. And and so it's helpful for them. And then we've seen people move on from the workforce development component of it to come into other civil service jobs or other nonprofit jobs. So that's one of the big things. It's about neighborhood livability, workforce development, and really giving people a place to go to the bathroom with dignity. I don't think anyone wants to go to the bathroom in an alleyway or between parked cars or in a doorway. That's not what people want to do. So we want to give them an option. Is Chicago considering staffing these these pilot restrooms, Ariel? Or do I they have future plans? Yet. I don't know. And what Rachel, you're saying here, it makes you wonder, like, what is Chicago's plan going to be about staffing? Yeah, and I don't know really about that and how the self-cleaning toilets might come into play with that. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I'm going to be watching for that. And, and I mean, park bathrooms, this was part of our discussion as a team yesterday, too. I mean, why aren't they open all year round? In Chicago? It's a great question. It's a great question. I think that I was thinking back to the pandemic too. Like we saw a lot of bathrooms shutter that time too. And then I think even before that, but um, there is a small push now that the park districts are just trying to reopen some of those bathrooms. They do tell me that there's going to be some construction happening later this year. So We'll see about that, but that's also part of this this issue, right? right. It's like those have been closed. Some of these have been closed for years. Some have been closed for since the pandemic, but those also used to be a, a respite for folks. And, and now, um, yeah, we need them to come back. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, those plus the, the four, that, that'll that put us in, in a, a great position to, to start out for sure. Uh, well, leave us with this, Rachel. I mean, when you look back, is, is there something that you, you think – that you would have liked to have known from the beginning of this and it, maybe some advice that you have for the folks planning all of this in Chicago. Yeah, I think because if you ever do a new program, so do community outreach first, uh, try to get political buy-in. I know Chicago's a very political city too with all the aldermen and women there. Um, get the mayor on board, get the business groups on board. There really is not a downside to this unless you say that the the cost is a downside. So I would really encourage Chicago to consider staffing, especially in some of the challenging neighborhoods. Uh, pit stops have been replicated in Los Angeles, Denver, Sacramento, Miami. We've had people come from all over the world to, to look at this program. Yeah. It's pretty simple, right? Have staffing there, uh, have a toilet, keep it clean, keep yep. it safe, and then people will use it. People will use it. All right, that is Rachel Gordon, who is the Director of Policy and Communications at San Francisco Public Works, and Ariel Pereira, who is a reporter for Block Club Chicago. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.